And I started doing home portraits. Then I threw it out on Instagram, did a few friends, houses, family members, and I could make choices that it wasn't paved out for me to make a hard and set decision of what business decisions had to be. And I can make choices in how much money the goal was and what I needed to get from it. I did have to learn new things and I can't tell anybody enough that you can hire to your weaknesses, but you do have to learn new things, even if it's learning how to hire that person and find that person. It's important. Running a retail business doesn't have to be so hard. Welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast, the go-to podcast for creative shop owners, studio owners, and independent retailers. I'm your host, Wendy Batten, retail business coach and mentor. Each week, I'll share simple, proven business strategies, inspiring stories from fellow retailers, and advice from industry experts. Together, we're going to work to find the success you want from your retail business with more profits in your till and a little more joy in your life. Hey there, friends, and welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. How's your summer going? Hope you're having a good one. I hope things are going really well for you. I am continuing with our retailer success series, and today I have a special guest in for you. I've invited Virginia Warner, who is a member of my Retailers Inner Circle. She's also a member of my Level Up Mastermind group. And I've had the pleasure of working even one-on-one with Virginia and watch her grow and thrive um, in her business. I invited her in because I wanted her to inspire you, which is what I want these retail uh, success series to do for you, is to share what other retailers are doing it and how they're doing it and just different ways of running our businesses because we're all running businesses differently, right? Your business, your way, right? But at the ult- at the end of the day, we want to feel successful and happy and making money, I guess, doing what we love doing. So with Virginia today in our conversation, we chat about a lot of things, but one thing I really want you to um, pay attention to and think about is she really shares how she she doesn't share that she had audacious goals but she did have some really audacious goals and also with her the way she wanted to run her business so you don't have to follow the pack i guess is where i'm going with this you don't have to do what doesn't light you up so there's a few things that virginia wanted to do and didn't want to do in her business and she wanted to stick with what fuels her and what fuels her um, is actually art. And I could remember a conversation with Virginia saying like, how can I make that money with that? How can I do that? Like, you know, how can I add that revenue stream to my business, um, to my retail business? Cause she has a fabulous retail business. Or I hope that you take away and I want you to listen through to the podcast and our conversation today, uh, and get inspired to do business your way. Her story is amazing. I'm sure you're going to find some amazing nuggets in here for you to take away. Um, also while I have you, while you're paying attention to me and before we jump into our conversation with Virginia, I do want to remind you that I know it's July hot probably where you are hopefully it's hot unless you're in New Zealand and Australia like we have lots of listeners in but we are really jumping in to a crucial time for retailers right we're getting into you know uh, Q4 is coming hot and heavy literally and it's going to be a really busy year this year it's going to be a very big year for retail and I traditionally if you are if you have been following me for a long time or if you're a new listener Every August, I teach a holiday prep 
boot camp, a holiday sales boot camp, I guess is what we call it, to get ready for the holidays. And I do this inside my retailers inner circle group. There's a uh, you know a, a a workshop that we do. We do parts of it live, and it's fully intended to help retailers be prepared for what's coming on Q and Q4. My intention, and I know most of you, you know, if you've been in business for a long time, you you probably have your inventory and you're really ready um, that way with your Q4. If you're not, don't panic, get started, let's go. But really getting ready for Q4 is super important um, mentally and having all of the marketing done, having all of your events and promotions and team and all of the other pieces that you might not even be thinking about ready so that you can just put all of that on autopilot and have it done for, done and ready so you can just do what you need to do in Q4, which is serve and sell to your customers. So can you imagine just, you know, you just have to show up, things are done, emails are prepped, all of your marketing is done. This is what we do in August. And it's uh, it's a really popular, probably one of the most popular sessions that we do inside the retailers inner circle. And I want to invite you to join us to do that. So if you are interested in being completely shoulders down, fully rested for, maybe not rested because Q4 is busy, but fully ready and prepared for what's coming in Q4. I'd love for you to consider joining us. You can jump on the wait list. The links will be in the profile here uh, in the show notes, and or you can find it over at wendybatten.com. And jump on the wait list for the Retailers Inner Circle. And we are going to be doing a special invite for um, everybody on the, on the uh, wait list at the, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks so that you can join us in August for the Retailers Inner Circle um, and get that holiday prep boot camp. It's a great resource. I promise you it's well worth um, jumping into our fabulous community. If you just come in, even there's no commitment, you can jump in just for the boot camp. And if that's all you want and you're not happy and you don't see anything else that interests you, you can leave. But we just want to let you know that that's coming. It's probably one of the most popular questions I get asked is when's the boot camp this year? When's the boot camp this year? And the only way to grab the boot camp or to be part of our boot camp is inside the retailers inner circle. So all that, I hope you'll jump on the wait list. Hope you'll join us. If you are a retailer inner circle member already and you're listening, shout out to you guys. I know you, a lot of you listen here as well, and you can look forward to that in August so we can get ready and be ready for what's coming uh, in Q4. It's going to be a really great year this year. And we're just going to want to relax and enjoy it, right? We just want to have fun and enjoy Q4 this year. We all deserve it, right? <laughs> we all deserve to see great success in Q4 and just have some enjoyment uh, doing it this year, not jumping through so many hoops like we have been, right? Anyway, shout out to all of us because it's been a busy, busy last year and a half, hasn't it? But we're going to see some great things coming. All right, my friends, let's jump into our interview with Virginia. I would love for you to let me know uh, what your takeaways are from listening to Virginia and all of her amazing uh, gold nuggets that she's going to share with you. So let's go. Hey there, friends. Today I have a special guest, another amazing retailer for you to meet. I want to introduce you to Virginia Warner, artist and shop owner of 
Tat, is it Tat? I never say, can never say your shop name, Taswell <laughs> County Mercantile. And uh, I'm so excited to have uh, Virginia here with us today. She's going to share some um, really uh, interesting shifts that she's made, <laughs> surprise, surprise, over the last year, followed some great dreams. And I'm really excited. And I hope you're going to be inspired by her. I know you will be inspired by her today and her creative soul. And you're just going to love her to death. So welcome, Virginia. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you coming on here. I know how busy you are. Um, I also know, so this is really funny. So we talk a lot about stepping outside of our comfort zone. I'm going to throw you under the bus right away. So, so uh, I've, I've known Virginia for a long time. She's been inside my inner circle and doing coaching um, with me for some time. And it's so funny because this is where magic happens, right? Stepping outside of our comfort zone. So I want to thank you for being here. She was hesitant to join the podcast today, but it's just you and me chatting with some friends. <laughs> That's it. That's all we're doing. So I appreciate you being here. So welcome. And I'd love for you to share, to start off um, uh, when I bring guests on, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your journey and what brings you and tell us a little bit about your shop, where you're located, anything at all about your journey of how you are a retailer and artist and all of the fun things that you do. And things that I do well. I still live in my from my hometown, about twenty minutes outside of my hometown, on a farm. I did not grow up a farm girl, but I, my hometown and my area where I grew up, because I'm so sentimental, really inspires the things that I love and the things that I do. And it just kind of morphed out of doing lots of jobs that you needed to do to raise your family to bring the money in, and now I'm here doing something I really love. Did so. you always plan to be a shop owner? Not planned. It's in my blood though. Okay. I have family that's always done it. And uh, my dad really says I'm a wheeler dealer. <laughs> I like to trade and that's good. You know, dick or go into markets and stuff. And they've always known I can do it. So tell us a little bit about your shop. Um, it's evolved a little bit because I took it over from my daughter. She was doing uh, totally re uh, locally resourced things. I was much more interested in the antique part because I'm a history buff and a collector. And, um, so that kind of grew from there. Uh, she had babies and then I didn't want to give up what I had built inside her shop. I worked as a vendor basically it was how the setup was. And then she just couldn't do it anymore. And I took it from there. So yeah. now it's my baby. So your shop is super charming and we will link uh, your shop and all, you know, all the goodness that you do inside there. But I see uh, you're, you're not bragging about your shop enough. <laughs> I'm going to have to pull this out of you a little bit. So it's a beautiful shop. What are some of the, so we talk a lot here uh, on the creative shop talk podcast and in my coaching groups and programs about, um, you know, different things and different ways that we become you know, everybody's accidental entrepreneur, I guess, is something that we talk a lot about. And it's sort of morphed that way for you. I know you were a collector and, you know, like you said, you started as a vendor inside your daughter's store, but really you've been, it's been your, like you said, your baby for the last two years. Has it been two mm -hmm. since you took over? Two yeah, two years. It's been business um, about three or four, but my baby for the last two. And so. did you have lots of retail experience prior to that or antique or vendor markets? What were you doing before that? I had done. I had been a vendor, but where I live is so, um, and I'm sure this will relate to people. I'm very isolated. I'm in a rural area, small town. Um, I had to go out of town to be in a booth. 
there's not one here. That was difficult. So being here just made it so much easier. And what are the types of things that you sell inside your shop besides vintage? And would you sell beautiful vintage? Like what else are you doing? What are your revenue streams? We call them revenue buckets, as you know, inside the inner circle. What are your revenue buckets and revenue, revenue streams? Um, antiques are my largest. Holiday season, I do a tremendous amount of food, food baskets. Um, and then we do classes. We do DIY. We, I don't do a lot of furniture things in the store because I really lack space. I have to take down everything to have a workshop and it's very labor intensive but the workshops are that to me they're part of the most charming things we have in the store because we get together we laugh and people want to stay long and they are fun right so your workshops I just I'm just going to again elaborate because I know that um just so that people can understand not so much furniture painting workshops you do you do carry a line of paint and you do but it's very creative artistic type barn quilts and that type of thing that you're doing and you do beautiful work I know the last year has been really challenging for that side of things for so many people I keep saying the last year year. yeah we're going on a year and what 14 months now I guess we're 14 months in um but at, at the time that we're recording this things are just starting to open up again we're starting to get back to that and you've built quite a beautiful community of people um, that love to come into your beauty. Your shop is gorgeous. It's charming. It's small town. Um, your business from what I have seen is morphed just like a lot of other people's as far as just starts with one little thing and one little nugget, your antique, and then, you know, bringing it in as a vendor and growing and growing. And I've had the pleasure of watching you grow different streams in your business. Um, I love that you do the gourmet uh, foods and the baskets. You want? Can you just elaborate a little bit? I forgot about that part. Can you just elaborate to share that revenue stream? A lot of people might not be thinking about or um, planning or even it might not even be a seed in their in their brain yet <laughs> about that type of that side of your that revenue stream because um, you do quite well with that as well I do do well with that and it, it is pretty seasonal it doesn't have to be seasonal it is for me yeah. um, that was something I did before I did the store I did that from home I had a couple corporate accounts that I, I did um, so they were mass production things, but I'm a foodie. Yeah. So that's easy for me to, to dig into. I'll, I love a great presentation, um, but it, it makes up a large portion and it, you don't need too many of those accounts, but it, having a gift basket alternatives in the store, I think are, um, they're very accessible to everybody. Right. I think, I think it's a great way. Um, I, and again, it's, uh, playing to your strengths I I mean what you do is amazing you love you love you're a foodie as you said and you your baskets are stunning and gorgeous but uh can you just share just really quickly I know that's not exactly I, I know there's some other things we want to chat about but can you share really quickly how soon and how far in advance do you start planning those accounts and those baskets out well last year of course added an extra <clears throat> monkey wrench in there and tighten the screws a little bit. Um, but I, I start planning in July for those because of quantity. Um, and space. Space is, I, I'm very limited in space, so it has to be done and planned out in increments. Um, it's assembly line station when they come in, but making sure that those orders are in in time to get the quantity I need of some things because I find small batch things are more interesting more enticing, more special 
it really feels that somebody took the time for their gift. Um, the, I do want the largest account was for my husband. It started out originally with him and we make apple butter on the farm. Well, we're talking 600 jars of apple butter that goes for, um, for fallen warriors. All the money from that goes to there, but that's part of their business. That's Christmas basket that they use. That's personal. That's not with what you would buy from a, a chain gift basket. Right. And I, I really see the value of that. I really think that people are looking for personal touches. I mean, we can go to the big box store and buy the prefab cellophane wrapped box of gift, you know, whatever that does that really mean. So that is an area I would love retailers to pay attention to if they're listening, listen up, my friends, there's lots of businesses out there that want to show personal touch. And I think this year, again, more than ever, um, you know, people are just paying more attention to local, paying more attention to special. I think special is a good word that you, you know, like you just said, so that, and and you've had great success. It's been really great watching you do that. So it's a high touch thing too. Yes. Something that I suggest when I present, like I said, I only have a few because I can only handle a few, but something I always suggest when we're talking to a business about that is if you're taking the time to make this special curated basket, that's, very specific and shows your attention to detail. You need to deliver it in person. Mm-hmm. Really great, great. It's not always possible, but that high touch face to face, which is what we do as retailers in small shops, right. just continuing to build on that's important. Right, right. So, and again, this is how we differ from big box stores. We talk about this endlessly here, <laughs> around here. But you know, we are high touch. We care, right? It's all about caring and and sharing our, you know, and you know. Again, spe- so speaking of high touch, so there's other revenue streams. And again, um, this last year has caused a lot of uh, conversations and reworking and looking at our revenue streams and really evaluating what. We want to, we want from our businesses and for our businesses and for our lifestyles. And again, that's a, a common theme, and that's you know um, how I work and how I work with retailers. And one of the things, um, you know, a lot of shifts have happened, and you know, the business was not business as usual. Workshops didn't happen for you, so you know, we had lots of conversations about you know, okay, what can we do, right? It's really what can we do, and how can we show up, and how can we keep the lights on and keep doing what we love to do, right. and. I am a big believer in um, sometimes we have to do things we don't really, you know, we do things to pay the bills, right? But that's more of a short term, you know, kind of thing to get where we want to go. One of the things and a really, um, a really special thing that I have that I saw happening for you last year, and this is I really wanted you to share this with retailers, is you kind of identified what lights you up in your business. We went through the exercise of what, you know, what do we like doing? <laughs> what do we like doing? And how can we pay the bills with the things that light us up? We can't do those workshops that light you up and bring people together and have that community thing. So what was the thing that lit you up and that you really wanted to pursue and that you did? I did. And I don't want it to be perceived as this big, glamorous, gutsy thing I did because it was a, it was a sanity decision too. Good point. We were, Good point. Sanity decision too. Yeah, great. Yeah. When I took the shop over, and this is when I connected with you, I didn't just want a business. I mean, there were lots of reasons for me to do it besides just a money string that were important to me. Of course, I like making a dollar just as much as everybody. Yes. And that 
that's gratifying. But of course, we went through this hard year and um, my husband and I got sent home early in quarantine because he was in Washington and uh, got exposed. So you got an SOS call and we went through every, you know, everybody's misery story for here. Um, I was just going crazy thinking about what I needed to do to keep the lights on, plus the general unhappiness and uh, anxiety that was setting in with the situation in the world and worry. And I was an art major. And while all the things I've done have been creative in my past, mostly at some point I've tried it all. Um, painting, drawing was a, a first love. So um, I had time. I was trapped. <laughs> yeah. We were all home with time, but not you, really. Yeah. Yeah. And you were working on things and you're pivoting, pivoting, pivoting. <laughs> yeah. Um, adjusting was I was adjusting to be in a different life for a while um I wanted to keep my obligations that I had set forth also before pandemic set in my area had a catastrophic flood um, that we had to do I had to deal with too and drops and many streams I really needed something that made me happy that brought me joy Mm -hmm. so I started painting and I probably would not have done it had it not been in the pandemic because I would never would have set that discipline time to do that. So it's a good thing that happened out of a bad thing. And I started doing home portraits. I started playing with it. Um, then I started advertising. I asked, I mean, I just kind of threw it out. On, I say advertising. I threw it out on Instagram, did a few friends, houses, family members. And I ended up doing um, over 50 houses last year. I know. I'm so excited. I think that's so <laughs> wonderful. I, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm a little, I'm not teary. That's not the right word, but to hear you say that, that's amazing because you took a silver lining and you're now doing something that lights you up. And then, you know, and everybody was coveting these beautiful, she does beautiful work. <laughs> and we'll share some of her work on the, um, in the show notes with you so you can see, um, but it's just beautiful. I mean, you do beautiful work and it did help you through that. I, I was witness to that and I was able to see that, really? but it, it helped you, but it was a revenue stream. <laughs> it was lighting you up. And sometimes we have to dig deep for that. In my opinion, like we have to really search for what, what would make us happy. Cause you could have <laughs> done some more Facebook lives, but your energy wasn't there. You didn't want to do that. I mean, you did do those as well too. I mean, we all did all the things, right. But I did a lot of things, but I really just chose not to do some of those things because I'm not comfortable with them. I mean, just for one, they were technology challenged for me. Right. Uh, I don't like being in front of the camera. So that was hard. And then I had a logistics issue of being out on a farm. I don't get mail delivery here to where I can pack it without taking a trip. Right. Um, you know, it was early on. He'd been exposed, didn't know if I could give it to somebody else. So we really quarantined, locked down, didn't do it. Um, and people were very generous with waiting for pictures. Right. Um, I found a lot of goodness in people understanding they weren't going to get instant gratification which was, there was a good feeling about humanity then. Right. And I, I do want to say that it was gutsy of you. I know you you don't see it as a big gutsy move, but 
in hindsight, when I look back at the big picture of things, you did, yes, you did. I mean, maybe it wouldn't have gone anywhere. Maybe, it, you know, you didn't set out to start painting to make, and we're, we're going to talk about what's happening now, but because um, now I'm like, poof, it's so exciting. But, you know, you didn't set out, you just set out to seek joy. I remember a conversation with you, and I think this is important for people to realize as retailers, as self-employed people, as entrepreneurs, there are things we got to do every day that we want to do. We have to look at our numbers. We have to clean the toilets in the shop or somebody has to, you know, we all have to do things, you know, we have to, there's things we have to do. However, we can make choices to not go down roads and not do revenue streams or, and I remember a conversation you and I had I vividly and you said, I don't want to do this, this, and this, whether I can't remember, you know, the shipping. And you said, do I have to have an e-commerce store and ship and, you know, do all these things? I don't have the logistics. I, you know, all the things that you just mentioned. And I said, no, you don't have to. It's an option. It's just one of those things. It's a revenue stream that's available. So I think it's really important for retailers to really think about again what lights you up what do you want to do what makes sense for you what's in your bandwidth you did not have that in your bandwidth at that time I mean you were you know um this was very early I should mention like I know you mentioned you know uh, and thank you for sharing that and being so open about that how it was <laughs> dark days it was hard that was very early on in the pandemic when that happened to you and again like you just said we didn't know. And, you know, it was the whole world falling. I mean, it was really scary times, right? It was really scary times. And you found something that lit you up. And it was, and then I remember you saying like, somebody wants a painting, like somebody else wants a painting. And like, do I charge them? What do I charge them? And it was really interesting. So we don't have to do what we don't want to do. Some, I mean, in as far as revenue streams, sometimes there's short-term things. Yes, we all have to do things, but. That was the big um, lesson for me this past year was learning. Yeah. I could make choices that it wasn't paved out for me to make a hard and set decision of what business decisions had to be, or, you know, I it don't have, I might have, have to look like that. As it is, it like, doesn't have to look like that. And right. I can make choices in how much money the goal was and what I needed to get from it. And it was very freeing. I, I, I had a preconception that I had to get rid of for what I had to do. Right. So you got really brave. I don't care what you say. That was very brave. <laughs> In my opinion, I watched you be very brave. And you're, okay. you're, you're, you know, like you just said, you're not comfortable. Um, you know, there's lots of people that would like do art and put it out there, put it out there, and put it out there. And you know, you were has not hesitant. You did what you had. You did. You shared it, not reluctantly, but you did share. And you know, it is beautiful. Your art is beautiful. Um, uh, I think not to sound whatever, I think you, you know, your art is beautiful, but it was like the whole, like, what are other people going to think, you know, and is this something? And so you started with the houses, the houses, uh, that painting beautiful, uh, homes and that, you know, filled your heart. It filled you mm -hmm. up and it also filled those people. It was a really great service. And, um, you know, but we can only do so much of that, right. What, you know, we call that you know, one, one to one and versus one to many, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, cont to continue. So you were scheduling time for art. I know that you were putting that, which was again, filling you up and, but it was a schedule you had to commit to. I have to have two hours of art. And we had, I remember having a conversation about putting like boundaries on deadlines and like, you know, you can only take so many a month when it got to that point. So the next step for that was, um, and, uh, some wonderful things have happened. And I, I'd love for you to share, um, you have, uh, been discovered I don't know if that's the right word but friended by made relationships with as things happen on Instagram as things happen on Facebook as things happen in the business world um, 
so people started talking. <laughs> they started talking about your work. <laughs> Can you share with us? So one of the one of the really cool things that have happened, uh, and and the direction of where you're going with this part of your revenue stream. You're still running your store, still doing all the things, but can you share the direction um, and tell us what's going on now with your art? I can. It was a goosebump moment for me. Um, I have a very small account, but I had wanted to. I, it was all started thinking about classes. Um, and I <clears throat> was a happen chance thing. I found Katie Baker of the Baker's Nest and she does these fantastic barn quilts and, um, her presentation was just great. So I, I brought in her books and instruction books to do classes and we just hit it off. You know, she's very personable and conversational. And, um, the first thing she, she came to me and hadn't advertised it I, I did her house we did the house first and um just I could cry thinking about it she made me feel so good about it that she's just that kind of person and then she asked me to do a Christmas card because she does seasonal releases and um she wanted something very personal for those orders so I did a, a painting for her for Christmas cards and then in the the cold months of the winter and she shared all these things with her tremendous following. She's been to country living fairs and um, very respected in her community. And she's been very generous. Um, we started talking about doing cards. And um, it, it kind of morphed from there. We, we went through several ideas. I took, um, did it came to an end that there were cards that she wanted. I never thought of, but I couldn't have done them without her input either. And we did a curated collection just for her, of her cards. And it was interesting because I am a mountain girl through and through. And she is from Illinois, flatland, but she is originally from Chesapeake, Virginia. I'm from Virginia and she wanted a nautical theme. So I get I, not only was I pushed out of my comfort zone doing cards for somebody as an order wholesale, I had to do subject matter I wasn't used to either. And uh, she's shared it with her community. I've had uh, just this past week, I had a couple people shared on other big accounts. And I'm like holding my phone up. My husband's name is Mark. I was like, look at this, somebody's hung it in their house. <laughs> but it, it, it's it been neat that it's such a small world and make connections with modern technology gets a bad rap and I'll be the first one to jump on that bandwagon because I really hate it. But it, uh, it's been a great thing for me. So it's been booster. neat confidence booster yes for sure but also I mean let's okay I'm I'm tuning your horn again because <laughs> so, I know you won't so I I want to I want to just pull out what you said about like you're not you know you're not all over Instagram and strategy and all this kind of, you're like a casual user of Instagram to grow your business when you need to um reluctantly if I may say I feel like you share but you're not like a you know you don't put all your strategy, marketing strategy, like that's not a conversation you and I've had. It's organic. It's authentic. It feels integrity filled with your, the way you grow your business, um, the way you've been growing your business. That is what attracts those people. So again, you might not have had this massive following, but we don't need, listen up everybody. We don't need massive followings to have 
an impactful life, right? So you're, you know, you're, your retail business is doing well, you're getting noticed, you're getting orders. Um, can you, can you share? I know what's happening. Can we share? Can I put you on the spot? Can you share what's happening now on the direction of your art and where you want to, um, where it's going with other things in your art business? In small baby steps, we're going to release Virginia Warner Artist Christmas Cards Collection and hopefully a few other things to add wholesale on. So here, just just think about that a year ago, right? A year ago, right? I'm just never dreamed of it. Right. So this is an entire new revenue stream. In addition to your store, you're still running your beautiful store, still doing all the things that fill you up but you're not doing things that feel out of integrity, out of alignment with you. You have this opportunity, you've met amazing people. And I, and I share all this. And, and, and again, like it, it, it is gutsy for what you're doing. And I know it's uncomfortable. We've had conversations about like, well, what do I do next? We just take the next step, right? How do we get into wholesale? I don't know. Let's take the next step. How do I have cards printed? You've had to learn how to get all the print, you know, the printing and the printers and all the things. This is what we do as entrepreneurs, but you're doing things that are lighting you up. So you're taking your art, you're moving it forward. You're going to have it wholesale. Hello, retailers, listen up. If you want to be first in line, no, I'm serious. If you want to be first in line for one of Virginia Warner's uh, card collection, because the first year, I think we're, you're, we're talking about you doing a limited release. So two retailers, we're going to do limited release to retailers. So this is just, you know, and this is just the beginning. I mean, the beginning was last year. So out of this hard time, um, we could have just opened up an e-commerce site. And again, I'm not, I think e-commerce sites are amazing. And I think every, you know, a lot of people could do it, but it was not in alignment with you and how you were feeling and what you wanted to do. And I still remember, like I said, that conversation where you said, do I have to, do I have to do this? <laughs> my business? And you were like, I can't remember if it was mad or crying it was like one of those emotions. It was just not a, not a, not a happy space, but you it found was, something that lights ridiculous. you up, that you're good at, that you enjoy. And without and, and I, again, I really want retailers to listen to this and take this away from this conversation. If you stay in alignment with what lights you up and what fills you up and, you know, work it, this has not been easy for you. I know, like, it's not like you're, you know, I know that there's been like uncomfortable steps all the way, uncomfortable steps all the way. I think, again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, top of the show, that you were uncomfortable even coming here. And I'm like, you need to come and share this story with people. Like you're, you know, the share that, you know, you can do what lights you up and make a living at it. This is not all just Virginia Warner artists, you know, just hobby, you know, it's not just a hobby. This is your business. You have a business. I'm investing time and money into it and to be rewarded for the happiness it brings is big to me. It's heart centered. Now I'm not to the point where this revenues this right. adds to my business as a right. whole. It, but it is it's a profitable part of my business now. It's a big moment. It is a big moment. I'm very, pr- I'm very a, proud of you. <laughs> so it was a champagne moment to even think that the steps that I had to take, I did have to learn new things, and I can't I can't tell anybody enough that you cannot move forward. You can hire to your strength, your weaknesses. Absolutely. But you do have to learn new things, even if it's learning how to hire that person and find that person. It's important. You cannot turn all the wheels yourself. No, we can't. You can't do it all. And I also think it's uh, important 
to have other people around you to, to, to support you and not just our husbands, right? <laughs> I say that because maybe they don't know, or, you know, or they're there to cheer you on anyways, whether you're going down that road or that road. I mean, you know, so I, I guess it's important to, to, to support yourself with people that are going to ask questions and challenge a little bit too, which I, which I, I see you do. So Virginia is a member of my uh, level up mastermind group, which I feel like that group has been really supportive of you as well. Fantastic. Um, to help you push through. And I'm saying that I'm like, it's not about me. It's about that group. <laughs> They're really good people. And they've been, uh, you know, just bouncing ideas, especially again, to help you step into this and you can do it and cheer you on. And I think you should have some champagne moments. I keep saying you need to open those bottles of champagne. Um, and I do remember, uh, it's funny. I did see that picture that you posted. You shared somebody had your art in their house. Oh my gosh. And I, I showed that to my husband <laughs> and said, my retailers got this painting and it's in somebody else. It's just, it's a big moment. So I think those are champagne moments. Yeah. So it's I, little yeah. but big at the same time. It's a very emotional and all of this journey has been emotional with the art part for me. Yeah. I can see that, but putting ourselves out there always is emotional, right? So opening our business and seeing if people will walk in the door. So you've had your hat firmly on and I know, I know we're running a little bit late and I, I appreciate your time. I know you're busy because <laughs> you have so much art to do, but um, so you have your hat firmly, ha your CEO hat firmly on. I'm, I, I'm very like, you've been making decisions. I want to say this as well. So there's these, this creative artsy side and beautiful shop and workshops and all these things. And this is, what a lot of retailers are morphing into, um, you know, we're just sort of following the path and that's how we grow, right? Like we, we feel what's good. We try things, we come back, we try new things, especially this year, right? This past little while we're trying new things. Uh, um, I always say pivot, but you just said something even better. Like re, you know, I don't remember if it was realigning yourself or, but just Adjust. trying, yeah, adjusting, adjusting to what is and what feels good. Right. So it's like, you know, so I've just been really proud of you. Um, and I want to remind retailers that, you know, making decisions that are based on numbers, we've had those conversations sometimes because it would be really great to be like, Oh, I'll just do this art for, but you know, we have to value our time and our money and our energy. Um, and that's, again, the other thing, but those were decisions and in the integrity of what works for your brand and how, what, you know, and all of those things. And I've been really, um, it's been really wonderful watching you um, put that CEO hat on, make those decisions and do what lights you up and see the success. So I, I, that's really why I wanted you to come on and inspire other retailers to make decisions that work for them and get inspired. Profit margin. So, thank you. The pro and, and you've helped me this with this a lot knowing my profit margin on a product can really uh, adjust and dictate how much you can do. I needed to make sure my profit margin was large enough to accommodate my ability to produce how much I could produce. Yeah. And that, that was an uncomfortable decision, but um, that was so important. Now it's kind of neat. I think, well, if I can double this. Oh. <laughs> Virginia knows, and those of you that have heard on the podcast before, I always talk about adjusting the dials, right? It's almost like, I, I, it's kind of like looking at a spreadsheet, but I don't like spreadsheets, but like literally like, oh, if we just go up 1% here and we go down here, like it's just kind of like tweaking and it's been, it, it is so great. So as we wrap up, thank you so much, Virginia, for being here. Um, is there, uh, I always like to end the show um, with asking my guests if there's any quotes or mantras or favorite sayings or anything that advice maybe that you've been given that you could share with, uh, with fellow retailers that would help them in their journey. 
I had to think about this one hard because I'm, oh. I'm, I'm a quote person and a history person. And uh, right now I'm into, I'm really into World War II stuff. So it's Winston Churchill. You're deep and pithy. So. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Go there, for it. So, with us. Yeah. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. So good. That's a great way to wrap up. So you do have such great courage and I'm so, I'm so proud of you. And we will have all of your information and how retailers can reach out to you because they're going to want to see what you're doing and how you're doing. Um, and again, it's Virginia Warner artist. Is that the best place for people to find you? Or um, It's Virginia Warner on Instagram right now, but it will change. Okay. Because we've been... I've been pushing her to call herself an artist. <laughs> there we go. So I think yes, it's time. Yes. Yeah. So, and the retail store is uh, Taswell County Mercantile on Instagram as well, too. Taswell County Mercantile. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. We'll have all that information there as well, too. So thank you for your time. It's been great. Thank you for having me. I it wasn't too painful. See, not too painful. <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thank and uh, thank you, Virginia. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I'm so glad that you're here to join us this week, and I hope you found value in what we're sharing here. I want to remind you that our website has all of the show notes. You can find it at wendybatten.com slash podcast. Everything that you need to hear about today's podcast is there. Also an opportunity if you need to reach out to me. If I can support you in any way whatsoever, please feel free to reach out. Make sure you join our Rockstar Creatives Facebook group. We will continue the conversation over there weekly. So thanks for joining us. Please leave a review, subscribe if you can, and never miss an episode. We hope to see you back here again next week. Thanks, my friend. Have a great week.